Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod, brought to you by our usual good friends at Guinness. We have our final live show of the season coming up uh, with them on the 30th of May at Flatiron Square in London. Um, we'll be capping off the end of a big season, so looking forward to uh, seeing some of you there for the, another big night. Check out eventbrite.co.uk for tickets. Big Jim and Goody are with me as usual. And Goody, have you uh, slimmed down or what? You... It's funny, Jim and I have just been walking, we, we were yeah. walking through Covent Garden. <laughs> Let's be honest, Jim. <laughs> Walking through Covent Garden about 20 minutes ago. And some bloke has just stone cold lied to your face. <laughs> some bloke w- walks behind us and goes, Goody, mate, you are looking slim. And then Jim looks at him and, and goes, he's just fucking lied to you. <laughs> he knows, mate. He, he can see it. It's the blue jumper. You're not, what, you're not going to see it having done two bike sessions, 10 seconds on, 10 minutes off intervals. Mate, you, you know that's not the case, James. A lot of people, and thank you to the masses, the hundreds of people... Thousands of people that have been filling up my timeline on Twitter, uh, messaging me on Instagram with, oh, I could be the best personal trainer for you. Loads of them. Loads of them. Thank you. But you know... Uh, one bloke said I could still eat chocolate. No, but he's lying. That's he's not thing. lying. He is. Of he's not. He is. Of course he is. Training or looking good and health is mainly down to nutrition. Yeah, I did two things last week. So obviously I started the gym. So I joined it the week before. Started the gym. I also bought life insurance for the missus and me. So you've got... Have um, you, so if I, if I do go down, she's all right. Are you, are you a donna as well? A donna kebab. Yeah, you're a donor. You know the things you have the cards for a you. Do- you mean a donor? <laughs> a donor. Yeah, a donor. A yeah. blood donor. Is it a donor? Is it a donor or a donor? A blood donor or an uh, organ donor? I thought a donor is where you have... Um, it's like a kebab, you mate. Donor donate- donor kebab. Well, you're definitely a donor kebab, but are you a donor? A donor? <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's not a donor. donor. Yes, it is. It's not a donor. It's a donor. So I'm an- telling you now, it's a donor. <laughs> are you talking about no, being an, or- an organ donor? Yeah. It's not a donor, mate. Donor's either a woman... What? Or Donna Kebab. No chance. I, mate, we were going through this on your phone and stuff like that. You know, now you can have your Donna in your phone and you can say if you have a car crash and stuff. You can have a Donna Kebab in your phone? Well, you, uh, just eat, actually. You can. You can order one. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it yeah. It's a donor, mate. You're you giving something. You're donating. Yeah, I know. It's donor. A, yeah, you're donating blood. But it's, it's not. It's called a Donna card. I mean, this kid. Yeah, Google. I mean, can you make this up or not? Yeah, it says Donna Kebab. <laughs> what a clown. Hang on. Donna Kebab. Fuck. Yeah, it's all Donna Kebabs. Am I a donor? Uh, an organ donor? No, I'm not. But not. I, should, I should be. I, I donate blood. I give blood. Are you a donor? Uh, I'm a donor. Well, I thought I was a donor, but obviously not. <laughs> obviously not. But no, uh, Mrs. Ain't happy with me at the minute. Well, what was that? Yeah, we're arguing. But Again? I'm working too hard. I'm working too hard. I worked out last week. So basically... Landed in Dubai on the Monday, as we know, we spoke about that, had a great time, it was so relaxing. Tuesday, flew down here, then flew back on Wednesday night after I did rugby tonight, which I didn't actually, flew back Thursday morning, first thing in the morning, got back. Friday, flew back down because I had a dinner in Boston, and I thought Boston was in America, but it's actually not, it's in the middle, arse end of nowhere, in between Lincolnshire and Skegness. Flew down to Birmingham, took a hire car, three hours, spoke at the Boston dinner, and I said, Kelly Brown spoke the year before, and I texted him and said, what? what's it like there and he put dot 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 loose and I thought oh, okay I can deal with loose first thing that got shouted at me when I got up there and I weren't that nervous it was quite a small crew get your cock out <laughs> first thing when I went up there did my speech or whatever enjoyed it because it was a bit like not it, it, it weren't old school a bit old school yeah like I liked mm. it and then they did this song at the end like Rainy Men or something where they all got naked and threw water all over the floor I have did ne- you join in no mate I, well, I was worried that it was cold there and I was pretty dehydrated some of the size of Willie's on show. 
was an absolute travesty. <laughs> Genuinely. Well, that's the thing. Uh, you talk about joining the gym. I've forgotten what it's like showering in men's changing rooms or whatever. Mm. And I've never seen so many bushes in all my life over the couple of times I went to the gym last week. Really? It's coming back round. No, this thing, I had this no. chat with Max Evans. It is. No, He yeah. said to me, the bush is coming back. The bush really? ain't coming back, yeah. mate. He said it is. He said it's like a French kind of um, Latino thing. Like, so he was, like, I saw him, I don't know how long ago, but I saw his bush anyway, I got, got a glance of it. I said, mate, what? He said, yeah, he said, genuinely, we, we, I don't know whether that means him and Tom or him and his missus, we, he said, we've been growing the bush. How do you know it's coming back in? Like, who's, we, we, who are dictates people seeing that? this trend? Steve Diamond doesn't. Yeah, Steve I, Diamond says absolutely no pubes on the bench. That's what he said in the BT Sport interview. Well, I, I mean, he's, I'm not, he's I'm either picking up. very young kids to play rugby, or he's insistent the only way you get on the bench if you manscaped. Imagine the checks. Right, Monday morning, too much bush. You're not involved. You're fully manscaped. You're starting. Who's judging though? That's the thing. Is Steve it, Diamond in well, his office. You know what I mean? I've, I've seen his pad before, and he ain't got a bush. You can just tell. <laughs> you can tell by a man's house, decent house. Lot of money, zero bush. But <laughs> I think it's changing now. I genuinely do. I think that now the, the climate of bushness is is now changing. The but, climate of bushness. But anyway, in Boston, that they they've gone back to the they've gone back to the medieval days, <laughs> from what I saw. <laughs> bum bags and bushes yeah, everywhere. It was bum bags and bushes on. Bum bags, on show. bushes, squirrels everywhere. Mate, the two B's and an S B B S. At what point in the week did you manage to fit in BT Sport? I did it on Wednesday on rugby tonight. Um, How was that? Then, it was good actually. Enjoyed it. Quite embarrassing walking out though, you know, like they do the walkout for the players. I'm like, I've been retired. This legend's been retired for two years. This legend, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm walking through, and yeah, it was good. And then I did commentary on the hashtag Always Edinburgh, who weren't hashtag Always, or they were hashtag Not Great against Glasgow. Uh, so I did that game. Some misses ain't up anyway. That's my point. You came back from Dubai and you said that you and your missus were rowing because you pushed the kid into the wall. Don't even know which kid it was. Mate, we weren't rowing. We weren't rowing. The kids were spewing on the play, and you're just like giving each other the look of what you're looking at. So you're meant to be in a relaxed environment. You're rowing. You come home, you go to work, you're away a lot, yeah. you work hard and yeah. credit to you and you come back in this week and said, I've been away working a lot and you're still rowing. Yeah, exactly. So I'm making sure I've got the the insurances in and I've made sure that I've got the, what they call that when you uh, prenup. So I'm looking at prenups now. So if there's any good lawyers out there. Do you know there, it's a bit late to look at a prenup when you're married? I, oh, don't, I, don't, I don't know whether that's... Okay, well, I'm looking into stuff now. I'm not really. So my <laughs> wife, hey, good job my wife doesn't listen to this. I love you. So no, basically I've got to stop working. As hard. I need to try and find some balance because at the minute I'm absolutely fucked. And you don't see your kids and you no. don't know their names. And I'm off to New York in two weeks as well. No. To film Ben Foden. So we add that on. But it's just work. Zero bush Ben Foden. I can, I can tell you that well, here of now. Of course, mate. Talking of hair though, we did see on uh, Rugby Tonight, there's a little pen- penalty spot on your head, isn't there? No, mate. Not me. It's not often people see the, the top of Jim's head, is there? Not me. But that roaming camera, it's a huge penalty spot just on Thin. the top of... James Hamilton's head. No idea, mate. Go and see cityman.co.uk. Sort you out for a, a decent lid. What did you make of the other Pro 14 games? Always Benetton. Hashtag always. We called it. We wanted it. Um, and as we know, having commentated for Premier Sports on the Guinness Pro 14, I do take an interest. I'm watching the games in the lead up to that because obviously I need to know the permutations, the connotations of the next round of games, which is very difficult to dissect, even with an open cloth of the two conferences so I'm watching the games before it was bloody good Cardiff Ospreys went down to the wire which was amazing to see obviously Anscombe did he miss a kick? Oh, mate, you, t- you can't you can't say that because he's going to Ospreys next year. He's deliberately no. missed that kick. You're horrible, oh, mate. Don't put words you in my horrible. mouth. You are horrible. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Most importantly though Captain of the Shags Darren Cave let out the boys didn't he and got the victory for Ulster. He did. 
I mean, it didn't matter to anyone because they were already home quarterfinal and home semi-final. Why been horrible to KV saying that? Well, he, I messaged like his last game probably as captain, and there's nothing to play for. <laughs> <laughs> it was the ultimate. They paid him the ultimate respect and made him captain of the Shags. They listened to the pod and they reacted. And um, and he stood up. The skipper. See what I've done. Led the Shags and they won. Did you see? It, they, he stood up for the Ulster men. <laughs> hey, there we go. well done, Jim. Um, yeah, genius. Edinburgh. Oh my God, they got absolutely humbledinked by Glasgow. Glasgow looked sensational. Edinburgh threw everything at them. Glasgow they only had about 29% possession, something like that. Defended like Trojans. Uh, big game players stepped up. Johnny Gray pulled out just before the game. Ryan Wilson, he's hilarious, he is that cat. And Edinburgh lost a load of players to injury in the game. Darcy Graham went off injured with a hit pointer. Mark Bennett, who's had two ACL uh, knee problems, potentially... And fingers crossed, I hope he hasn't done it a third time, maybe. McAnally got stretched off as well, so they're hoping that he's going to be fit. But Edinburgh, now nothing. That's it. Isn't Russia, it, Romania. Isn't that amazing, though? Yeah. You think about it, and and how everyone was talking up Edinburgh. They should have beaten Munster in that quarterfinal of the Champions Cup. And they were talking about the progress and Richard Cockrell and, and you know, the culture there that, that he's turned the corner. And then, all of a sudden, you've gone from three or four weeks ago, the quarterfinals, when they probably should have won. To not making the Champions Cup next year, crazy. Not qualifying for the playoffs, crazy. It just shows you just falling off a cliff. Yeah, I think without going too much into it and labouring the point, they put everything into that quarterfinal game. That's what they did, didn't they? And they lost it in the you know the the last kind of five minutes of the game. We spoke about it when it was there with a bit Pierre Schumann incident, uh, the Tadburn dive gate or whatever you want to call it. And then you look at what Glasgow have done in terms of their team and their culture. That Saris game where they got absolutely hosed was a turning point for them. Anyway, that's enough about Edinburgh, because it's all about hashtag Benetton and Treviso. That's right, Jim, and we've got someone that was at the heart of the action. Benetton back row, Sebastian Negri joins us. How are you, mate? Yeah, it's all good, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Well done, I should say. Um, how happy is everyone in camp? Yeah, well, everyone's over the moon, stoked. And yeah, I think just the whole of whole of Italian rugby is really, really pleased for us. So, yeah, boys are boys are really, really happy. And then the build-up to the game on Saturday against, um, obviously, Zebra, the local derby, if you want to call it that. Was there a different build-up to the game? Uh, how much pressure did you lads feel knowing that, that winning that was going to secure your position? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I think every derby game, you, you look at it a little bit differently. Um, you know, you try not to, but... You know, it's a, it's a derby game, so you know there was a bit of pressure, and and we um, and we knew that going into the game. But you know, the boys were focused during the week, and um, we we knew what was at stake. So um, yeah, the boys were boys were really hungry, and yeah, just glad glad we got over the line. You know, it wasn't the best performance, but you know we got the job done, and and yeah, obviously really really pleased. When you've achieved something like that, we saw the shots from uh, the change room afterwards. Uh, tell us about the night out. Surely it was massive. You know what? Actually, some a few of the boys went. A few of the boys went out, but you know, I think I think you know, like like we've done all season. You know, it's been sort of what can we do next, and what what the next job at hand is. And you know, we, we obviously over the moon that we've, uh, we've made this quarterfinal. You know, we've created history, and and we, we we all knew what was at stake. But you know, we we really focused on on Munster this week, and um, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a big big night. I think we'll have that. 
at the end of the season, but you know, fully focused on on Munster this this weekend coming up. So yeah, there weren't too many, there weren't too many goals. Just looking at back at the game, then obviously um, Jim spoke about the build up to the game. Um, it's a huge achievement, isn't it, in terms of um, being the first Italian team to qualify for the playoffs in the Guinness Pro 14, but also uh, qualifying via right for the Champions Cup as well. You go back to the start of the season when a certain Jim Hamilton came over and did a piece with Rugby Pass at Benetton. Are you basically saying that um, he was a big part of this victory because he likes to claim all? everyone else's achievements <laughs> absolutely not oh, absolutely we, not. We, we're i thought he was going to say absolutely i thought he was going to say absolutely we, we thought, <laughs> we'll, mate, we'll just edit the not out um but mate we, what we what we should say is i came over to benetton and it was one of them where i'd seen a little bit about italian rugby obviously played over in italy for normally the wooden spoon decider with scotland many a time but just tell us a little bit about your experiences there because i was blown away not with just the access and, and how warm and hospitable everyone was there, but but just how good a setup it was. It was so professional. The, the coaches there were so welcoming and, and, and giving information. Just You've been there a long time and seen the processes of this. Just give us a little bit of insight into that and the coaches. You know, since I, since I arrived at the club coming from, from the UK, you know, it's just been unbelievable. You know, the, the coaches, the, the professional system that we have in place here, you know, we, we, we've talked about since I've come in under Kieran, you know, we've just talked about a winning culture. You know, that's really been instilled into all of us. And you know what Treviso is like, it's a small little town, but, you know, rugby is a massive thing here. So at the moment, you know, for us to create history like we did on Saturday, just gives everyone a lift in the, in, in the town and, um, you know, it's like you saw and like you experience when you come here. You know, everyone's supporting the team. So everyone really on, on cloud nine. And, you know, that's down to, to the coaches, to Kieran and, and Marco and, you know, all the, all the, the support staff too. And, and obviously, you know, we can't, we can't forget that we have a really good, a really good squad. And, you know, I think for the first time we have, we have a bit of depth too. So that's, that's been shown throughout the season, you know, when, a lot of us boys went to the Six Nations. I think we picked up three wins and a draw with the boys that stayed here. So, you know, I think it's been a massive squad effort. And, you know, that's, that's like like I said, down to the coaches and, you know, whole group efforts. And, you know, that, that makes reaching our goal that much sweeter. And, you know, hopefully we can we can dust ourselves, dust ourselves off after this win against Zebra and, and really give give Munster a shot. Well, let's look forward to that trip then uh, to Toman Park to face Munster uh, in the quarterfinal this weekend. How confident are you winning that game? Um, I know Munster have come off the back of a victory against Connacht this weekend, but um, they might still have a bit of a hangover from the European semi-final. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, we, we're not going to kid ourselves. We you know the, the challenge that they pose. Um, you know, very physical side who's got one or two backs that can really, really, really um, you know, destroy teams. So, you know, we we focused them on a little bit, um, a little bit on them today, and we did our analysis on them. But you know, I think our focus will be on ourselves this week. And you know, we 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 are confident. You know, I think it's been a season that we've had our ups and downs. We've been under pressure at times, but there's a real belief within the squad, and you know, we, we're heading in the right direction for sure. And yes, we we've, we've reached our goal of of making the playoffs, but. We don't want the journey to end here. We, we, we want to go over there and, and give a full, a full go at it, and, and you know try and finish the season on a, on a, on a massive high. Well, well, best of luck for that game against uh, Munster this week, Ian Sebastian, and thank you very much for joining us, mate. No, absolutely, pleasure. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers Go Cheers well. Coming on. Good lad. Good lad. Yeah. No, met, met him out there um, from Hartbury as well. Him and he's Pellet. not from Hartbury. Well, he's I know he's not from, from Zimbabwe, but yeah. you know, but two two hotbeds of ruggers, Zimbabwe and Hartbury. Should have asked him about that actually, the Hartbury thing. We never did. Uh, Andy Rowe cut us off. Um, no, no, I met them there. Obviously, I, I've spoken about on the podcast a few times how how much I enjoyed my week out mm. in Italy. They deserve everything they get, and 
there's been a lot of talk and obviously Conor O'Shea is a big fan of the show in terms of the direction of Italian rugby and we've seen it with Scotland with Glasgow doing well and winning the Pro 14 or the Pro 12 or whatever it was a few years ago um, to where they are now competing and where do they finish in the Six Nations Scotland Scotland yeah fifth wouldn't it is that competing well, I, I, I don't know absolutely I don't no know idea I just I know, know. I just know that they beat England. That's all I know. To take the cup, <laughs> cup home. It's fucking coming home. No, it's not. Uh, but yeah, I think everyone wants to see a successful Italian team and that's what we've got. Don't forget you can catch all this season's Premiership, Pro 14 and Champions Cup action on rugbypass.com if you're in Asia. And wherever you are in the world, you can watch the video version of this pod on there as well. So following on from uh, the success that you created at Benetton, Jim, you've also created a bit of but more success at uh, Saracens as well. Guilty as charged. Yes, I have. But what have you done? Well, it's not just me. There's a few people obviously involved, but I was there with the Saracens ladies in their semi-final against Wasps, and they absolutely smoked them with me on the sidelines doing some filming for Rugby Pass. So basically, you were there watching the game with <laughs> a camera, and you've claimed now that because they've won the Tyrrells Premier 15s League, you're part of that as well. Well, I'm, I mean, the John Terry of rugby right here again. Mate, I cannot wait for the final in Newcastle for the, the Men's Champions Cup game. But you're, no, I You're going to do it, aren't you? You're going to put your shirt on and get the pictures. We will see. Either way, mate. With Leinster. Get, You've got like go a Leinster shirt as well. I can go either the way. But yeah, the Saracens ladies, we need to give them a shout out because good setup down there. As I said, we did some filming in the semi-final. Uh, kind of a bit of a fly on the wall dock for rugby pass coming soon. And yeah, and it was uh, a good win for them. And I'll tell you what was quite nice, actually, that all the lads got beyond them as well they did one one team one dream one club a lot of uh, wage caps being broken left right and center are the the girls a big part of the saracens sort of culture now definitely it's called the saracen story they've got the school there going on as well um which i think a couple of the women were actually are looking at getting jobs as teachers at the school and as i said all the lads have got involved in supporting them and there was a half decent crowd there as well so the women's game is definitely growing and with that we are growing and we are inviting them on to our show. That's right, Jim. We've got Saracen scrum half Georgie Gulliver on the phone. How are you, Georgie? Yeah, good, thank you. Not too bad. Georgie, you sound pretty fresh because when I text your good fella, Ben, he said that you might be a bit dusty today because you were out partying last night. Is this true? Uh, I'm glad you're saying I feel fresh. I feel absolutely horrendous. Uh, my voice is just coming back. It comes and goes, to be honest. But that- I think it's up there with the top three worst hangovers I've ever had. Oh, my word. Well, don't go to Hong Kong because that will top it, I can tell you, if you go there. <laughs> talk talk us through the night then, shall we? Uh, let's hear, you know, what happened? What what time did you finish up? How many Marlboro Lights? Zero, zero Marlboros. Um, we started off, obviously, at Northampton. They had a, a little reception for us there. Well, actually, started with a bit of um, a bolly on the pitch. A what? Um, bit of Bollinger. Oh, bolly. Oh, oh Goody, very Goody, hey, Goody knows. Posh. I'm more Lambrini, yeah. but he knows <laughs> Bollinger. A bit too much of it got sprayed around for my liking, but uh, a few beers in the in the changing rooms after. Club bought us a load of champagne and a load of beers and stuff. Uh, a few at the club, and then we had like a a like a private area in a in a place in Northampton. But um, yeah, it was good, really good. Well, brilliant stuff, Georgie. I mean, there's obviously a lot to celebrate, and we can talk about some of them things now. But for you personally, it was your last game for the club massive standing ovation tears at the end of the game just talk us through what the occasion the build-up you've obviously been playing a long time now but what the whole kind of build-up to the game and obviously winning it was like for you personally yeah um it was all a bit um it was all a bit surreal really I kind of I knew actually when when you spoke to me after the the Wasps game that it that 
the final was going to be my last game. Um, obviously spoke to the club about it. I wanted to get picked first because otherwise that would have been a bit awkward. And then spoke to the club and said that this was my plan. This is what I was going to do. Um, they said that they wanted to kind of give me the send off I deserved and they wanted to do a, you know, a thing like, you know, how the men's, the men's team get announced and stuff like that. Um, and I said, I actually, I think I quite want to just put it out on social media tomorrow because I don't want to lose the occasion of it, of it being the final. And I didn't want the fact that it was going to be my last game to, to affect that. So I, to be honest, I kind of on the pitch, I kind of forgot. It's a bit weird. And then, and then the, the doc came on actually and he kind of put his arm around me and he said, George, you've, you've got, uh, you've got five minutes left. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. And then it kind of kicked in. I remembered I'd, I'd be going off and it, and that was it. And, uh, when I ran off, it was right from the other side of the pitch as well. So I had to run all the way across. Um, yeah, awesome standing ovation and stuff like that. I, I watched it back and, uh, and had a look at that. But yeah, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop my bottom lip. My bottom lip went. And, um, yeah, that was it really. Couldn't stop crying. I tell you what though, Alicia had a long walk off. That's what you want. You want, you need the distance between you and the crowd. So to get the celebration. Yeah. So, but well done on that. Well done, obviously, on an amazing career and the victory at the weekend as well. Well, Jim just said you walked off. You actually ran off, Jim. So, so I did. I would have walked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have taken longer, more of an ovation. Um, let's talk about the game and obviously very dominant performance again by Saracens way ahead at half time as well. Was it at half time? Because obviously Harlequins came back into it a little bit in the second half. Um, was it a case of foot off the gas? we know we've got this in the bag or credit to Harlequins no, for coming back no, at you not at all, not at all. Um, we, we started the game really well obviously it was it was impressive start from us um, we kept the ball several phases I think actually Poppy Cleo carried about four times in that in that opening passage and then we did everything we spoke about that we that we wanted to do and I don't I don't think we've done that all season so um, it was brilliant we, we got the um, we got the penalty uh, Zoe Harrison kicked for the corner and she pinpointed it five metres out opted for our driving line out which has been really successful all season so the like the detail going into the start of the game was was really important for us we knew we had to get off to a good start because we haven't done that very well this season but Quinns I thought I thought they played uncharacteristically bad for me we did a lot of analysis like leading up to the game and spoke about for us not overplaying in the middle third because we didn't want to give them those opportunities at, at set piece we didn't want them we didn't want to give them scrums basically we didn't want to fuel their line out but to be honest, that that didn't really function as well as I as well as they wanted to. And then I don't I don't think they moved the ball very well in the back line either um, into the wide channels where they've got out and out gas. So it suited us really. We've got the best defensive record in the league. And guilty. Well, we haven't like we're quite comfortable without the ball. So um, yeah, I, I feel like it it played into our into our hands a little bit. And I think we we shocked ourselves and and everyone else at um, at how well we came up the blocks particularly the first 30 minutes I thought was um was a like an incredible start but we knew we spoke about it at halftime that Quinns have got the capability to to come back into that game you know it wasn't a case of take your foot off good stuff and um, we like to get to know people um on the field and off the field um and right. your, your nickname's Ratty isn't it or the rat um <clears throat> first of all can you explain why and secondly do you know any other decent nicknames of the players that you can let us in on a, a, a secret or two it's, it's stuck for ages. I think like all all nines are considered a bit a bit ratty, aren't they? Like, bit, but, you know. But out of all the names, like you could have been called like Ice or Flame or something like that. Who's called you the Rat? Um. Well, to be fair, that's what that's what we call Richard Wigglesworth as well. He's called the Rat. Uh, do you know? What? I think it came from um, Claire Allen originally, uh, England centre. She used to play. She used to play fifteen. She's playing in the sevens game now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was her, and it just kind of it just stuck. Um. We've got a we've got a prop that's that plays for us who joined the club this year and her nickname's Duff Duff Meathead and I Duff Duff Meathead 
fluffed up meathead. Oh. And I think that's phenomenal. What does that mean? Well, I don't know. Like, she's just she's got a really meaty head and her name's Duffy. Um, a little bit on your um, fella. He's obviously now retired now. So what's what's the ambition now? Travelling around the world, uh, 10 kids. What you th- Is he going to get his biceps reattached because they snapped towards the end of his career? And I actually thought I had small arms and I saw Ben and I realised that I actually looked like The Rock compared to him. So what's the plan now for you going forward? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a few things in the, in the pipeline. I'm just about to finish my job in the NHS and I'm going to start in a, a, a private hospital, uh, Nuffield Health. Cash money. In- yeah, in Leamington, which is really good, and they've got some fantastic plastic surgeons. So oh. um, the noodles, the noodles could be reattached for Ben. Please, possibly um, get his nose straightened as well, because that's that's pretty pretty wonky. Oh, this is smart. This is smart. So you've basically taken a job just so you can put Ben back together and fall back in love with him. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. They do they do a really good friends and family discount. So I'm a friend. I'm a friend. I don't need it at the minute. I'm I'm, I'm perfect in my eyes. Give me a call when you when you need it. Will do. All right, Georgie, thank you very much for joining us and congratulations on the on the weekend and the stellar career as well. Well, thanks guys. Cheers for coming on. Say hello to Ben. Enjoy the hangover. Yeah, Nice lady. Yeah, I've met Georgie a few times. Well, I know Georgie through association with Ben and Doc Ben's Cotton. Dad. We used to call we used to call him Doc Cotton. You used to call him Doc Cotton. Yeah, he looked like Why? Doc Cotton. What do you mean? What do you mean? He looked like Doc Cotton. Hey, when we were at Worcester, we uh, we were over in Geneva on a preseason camp. And we'd get back from... Now, you think I'm unprofessional. <laughs> Golly trained hard, but he'd always get back to his room, get out on the old longest fags you've ever seen in your life. He had Doc Cotton's hairstyle. Dot Doc Cotton from EastEnders, big yeah, long yeah. cigarettes. And he just looked like Doc Cotton, so that was his nickname. Well, he had a very good rugby career, as did his father, Tonel, Tony, and so is Georgie. So shout out to Saracens women. You're welcome. I put them under pressure in that semi-final. They've gone through and they have delivered... Let's get into the premiership now. Worcester have secured their survival by beating Gloucester on Sunday, but Gloucester also got the point they needed to guarantee a spot in the playoffs. What'd you make of that one, guys? Double whammy in terms of Gloucester securing top four first time in eight years and fair play to Worcester. I thought beginning of the season that Worcester would be the team to get relegated. And You did say that, Jimmy. I horrible. did, and I did, You're and horrible, horrible I thought player. that they were. Who would have thought Newcastle were going to get down, Goody? And you think about the whole season, you think about where the club had come from. Start of the season, loads of big question marks about the ownership of the club, the owners wanting to sell the club, huge debts, um, and that, as players, makes you think, are we going to get paid? Which You take the eye off the ball a little bit in terms of results when you start losing games. How hard is it to get out of that spiral of defeat, loss after loss after loss, when those questions are off the field as well? New owners have come in fairly early on the season. It was, it was a fairly quick takeover, which uh, surprised a few people. And, you know, they fully deserve it, don't they? They, they, were, they have been up and down. I, I know, you know, some performances... Haven't been great, but some have been phenomenal. They spanked Bristol at home. Leicester away. They beat Leicester away. First time they've ever done the double over Leicester, I think. And, you know, they have got quality in that team. And, you know, Duncan Weir played exceptionally well. There's been issues at 10 over the the last sort of couple of years, but he's come in. And I love Duncan Weir. Because I reckon if if we both put our kit on and I stood next to him, one of the very few halves in world rugby that uh, looks as bad as I did on the rugby field. Oh, mate, no. He's he like a little weeble. He looks like Vern. Do you remember Vern, the, um, the, the, the small guy who was in the James Bond movie? That's what he looks like with his kit off. <laughs> Do you That's think he outplayed Priani? Yeah, he, listen, he played well, didn't he? You know, he had a massive impact on the game. Scored a try early on, didn't he? And he's, you know, finally they've got some fluidity in how they play. And he's a massive part of that at 10. You know, he put Humphreys through on a, a lovely inside ball. Um, he made a big break from there. He... Duncan Weir played better than Danny Cipriani. Um, but that was true for a lot of the, the Worcester players. And they thoroughly deserved to win the game. And they're 
safe of relegation. Two games clear at the end of the season. Yep, called it. Worcester, Gloucester. It's Worcester's biggest game of the year. And uh, simple as that. They play better on the day. Probably not a bad thing for Gloucester, having lost that uh, in terms of you know them making sure mentally that for for the uh, for the semis and Newcastle are as good as down now after Worcester's win and their defeat to Northampton were Newcastle bad or were Northampton just too good for them Newcastle are rubbish unfortunately Whoa. yeah they are you think that they've had a couple of opportunities now haven't they the Leicester game being the one which I thought was not the turning point of their season but that was it for them in terms of winning that game and then the pressure was really going to be on Leicester which obviously we've seen now Leicester losing to Bristol's at the weekend Bristol's- North- Northampton uh, we know they're a very good team but I just I, I, you know I get Newcastle have, have, they've lost a little bit of leadership in terms of Scott Lawson, uh, Ali Hogg, Vickers. Bobby, Vick, last Bobby Vickers is a big loss. Yeah, he's a big loss for them uh, off, off last season. But they've still got quality in their team. Sonotti, Sonotti, Gonover, Mark Wilson being one of them. Their second rows are very good. Whatever 10 plays for them is, is very good as well. But they're just not shown enough desperation for me. And that's the big thing. You look, you look at the last two games they've had at home against Leicester, who were low on confidence, and against uh, Northampton Saints, who obviously are... Going pretty well, pushing towards the top four. They're obviously now in the top four with that victory. But like Jim said, you, you expect to go up to Newcastle on a Friday night. They prefer playing on a Friday night. You expect them to do absolutely everything, busting their balls to get to any breakdown, any tackle. They're working ridiculously hard off the ball. Toby Flood got rinsed and it was like he was jogging for one of the first tries. And they've gone behind and, and Dino called a few of the senior players out, didn't he? He said, you know, there's lack of leadership from the senior players. And you, know, you look at it and you go... Last year, so good finishing in the top four. And we did say that they'd overachieved potentially with the squad they've got. They won a lot of those games last year through pure desperation in the last couple of minutes, um, through staying in a fight. And you get that confidence, that role of belief that drives you on in close results. And Gonover was exceptional. And you haven't well. seen, seen much of it this year at all. No. I think Joel Hodgson's been a massive loss for them. Um, he actually played, people talk about Toby Flood being their 10. Joel Hodgson played 10 for a lot of the season last year. Floody was injured a fair bit. And he's been out injured all this year, pretty much. And he was part of the reason why they were so good at times last year. So Dino was dead right, calling out some of the senior players. It's not been good enough. They're relegated now. I know mathematically they can still stay up, but they've got to get down to Gloucester and get a five-pointer and then beat Bristol last game of the season with a five-pointer and hope that Leicester get nothing. And I, I just can't see that happening. So unfortunately, Newcastle gone. Do you think Dino will stay on and try and bring them back up? I, I, yeah, I, I do because he's contracted. There was talk, though, earlier in the season, or was it last year, that Newcastle was struggling for money. I know we joke about it, and I was joking. Well, I weren't joking. We made a joke about it, about Wasp. But these are rumours that are around, that Newcastle yeah, Seymour, are... Seymour Cudry's put a lot of money into the club, and he's looking at it going, how much have I put in? How much do I have to keep putting in year on year to keep the club afloat, and where's it going? So, you know, it's not a bottomless pit for any club with owners that want to put money in. Some do, some don't, and it... Every club at some point, they go, actually, I'm not getting the rewards that I want to get from this, so I'm not going to put as much in. And there's rumours of Dino potentially um, going back to Leicester, maybe, going to Bath. He's been rumoured a lot with places that are looking for um, someone experienced. Um, I think he'll stay at Newcastle. He's happy up there. Um, He's done a a very good job in bringing them back up. And unfortunately, this year, they haven't been good enough across the board. And that's the quality of the Premiership this year and, 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 and where teams are at. But I tell you what, how good is it seeing Northampton marching into the top four seat. The Saints the are Saints marching. marching. They're marching. The Saints oh, have marching sure. on. And they've marched so you're, now, you're now a Saints fan because they've pumped themselves up to fourth in the league. They have. Quinns have dropped out. They have. The what's going on with Quinns? So there's no Joe Marler. At the minute, there's no Joe Marler tattoo 
on your arse? Well, arse. I, I just think Harlequins have shot themselves in the arse, haven't they? They've had an opportunity, a long opportunity to cement their place in the top four and they just, they just kind of do it. Well, following on from the Newcastle chat, the only other team that could go down still uh, Leicester. Mate. The, and they lost at home again on Saturday to Bristol. And we've got the man on the line who scored the winning try uh, for Bristol. It's former Tiger Harry Thacker joins us. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, Harry. Mate, thanks for having you come on. Um, it's been brilliant to see how well you've done at Bristol this season. Just talk about, uh, firstly, how big a win that was for Bristol and the team. Obviously, Pat Lamb's put a lot of pressure on you guys in the media saying that top six is the goal. Um, but how big a win was that yeah. going to Welford Road? I think it's a huge win for us as a, as a team. We struggled um, struggled going away from home a lot of this year, but uh, we've hit a bit of form coming into this back end of the season for us to get home uh, and away win at uh, Welford Road. Um, it's huge for us in pushing for that top six. And obviously, looking at back on your career, you had a, a huge spell at Leicester, and um, that, that club means a lot to you. Um, when you scored the winning trial, not yeah. much of a celebration. That out of respect, or uh, were you absolutely blown out your ass? You couldn't celebrate? <laughs> no, it was, uh, I didn't want to celebrate too much. Um, probably a bit out of respect, but uh, I was very happy that. Uh, we we'd got we were you know back in front and and uh, getting the win. Um, you've scored a is that your third try against Leicester now this season? Yeah, it's becoming a guilty, bit, guilty. Becoming a bit of a habit, isn't it? Um, <laughs> obviously, an error for Leicester to let you go to Bristol, eh? Yeah, I mean, I can't have had to work very hard for any of the tries that I've scored against them, but. Uh, Humble, mate. Humble. Um, and look, we we need to talk about it because we we spoke about it on the podcast really, and we don't want to keep bagging Leicester, but it's probably worthwhile talking about it because there are positions where the Leicester are limited and they've struggled at the minute. The front five being one of them. Just talk us a little bit about the scenario of of your move to Bristol because. Look, mate, without blowing smoke up your ass, you've been sensational since you've been there, and Leicester have been lacking in the hooker department. So, uh, just, just talk us about how that came about. I just wasn't getting, um, I wouldn't get much game time, and a couple of seasons ago, I, I, I realised how much kind of I, I improve when I just play regular rugby, and um, I just wasn't getting that at Leicester. And you know, I had I had the choice to come to Bristol the year before. But, and I decided to stick it out for another year at Leicester and give it a final crack of the whip. And and to be honest, like. I went to probably about fourth choice hooker by the uh, middle of that season with Tom Young, Taft, George McGuigan. So um, for me, Pat Lamb had had me on the phone, and you know he was selling me uh, selling me the dream down here. And for me, it was a no brainer in the end, just to get a bit of rugby under my belt. And then obviously with the move, when it started to come about, did you speak to your dad? Because obviously there's family history there, playing for the club uh, as well. And it yeah. meant, I know it meant a lot to him to see his sons playing together at Leicester. Yeah, I spoke to my old man a lot, and uh, he he said. Like for him, it was a no-brainer because I just he said, "Well, what do you want to do? Like, you're at Leicester, but you're not playing for Leicester." So you know, I was getting a game every every now and then, and he he just said, "Like, take the emotion out of it. it it's a no-brainer what you should do, mate." Yeah, well, we're talking about your dad. Let's talk about your adopted dad uh, in Pat Lamb. What's he been saying now uh, to, to you personally? <laughs> Obviously, uh, a big fan of yours as well. But is there? a real belief that you lads can make the top six does he believe that obviously he is thinking that but how is he selling that to you guys oh, I think top six is ever since we started pre-season that was on the cards and you look at the players that we've got in our squad it was you know it's a real possibility and we always believe that from the start uh, start of the season that we had what it takes to be there but probably just took us a bit longer to, to click as a team than we'd have hoped for but you know, coming through to this back end of the season, there are 
put performances out on the pitch that you know we can be proud of and we're playing for kind of 70, 80 minutes as opposed to where we're having patches of maybe 40 and uh, we're pushing teams right to the edge so you know top six from the start was always a realistic goal for us and uh, you know we set out goals at the start of the season and that was up there so for us it's always been realistic. And then one of the things I wanted to ask as well, you talk about uh, Pat Lamb being a good coach and it's well documented. Do Was it true that since pre-season, every player's had to carry a rugby ball around with them every day and sleep with it and bath with it and all that or not? Is that just banned? Oh, no, we can put it down when we go for a bath. Um, <laughs> no, it's, um, being coached just, just have a, throw the ball in our hands as much as possible and uh, it's not quite as silly as that but um, just every opportunity we have to get our hands on the ball and then when, when you're looking at and talking about Pat Lamb I know, I know you've spoken about it Pat Lamb's talked about it a lot the culture at the club that they yeah. built this year that's obviously something that's pulling you through on, on a lot of games but what does that actually mean because culture is a word that gets used a lot what do you mean when you're describing the culture down at Bristol is it getting on the smash together is it being part of a family unit where you'll feel close what's the difference I think it's the family unit I mean if I'm honest we probably had two or three nights out yeah. Um, what? Only but, two or three nights out? That's a shit show. Yeah. That's professional sport, mate. Oh, what's that? <laughs> That's why Goody doesn't play anymore, mate. <laughs> um, it's the family unit that he's creating, and whether like I said it the weekend, whether you're the backroom staff or, or you're on the pitch um, every week, you know, every Monday morning we have a, a, a meeting where everyone's involved and um, we're all giving a theme for the week and you've got to, you know, everyone's on board kind of pushing in the, in the same direction and everyone's got the same goal. So, you know, as, as a collective, as a, a business, if you're all pushing for that same goal and everyone's on the same sheet, then, uh, then that's obviously a bonus. Can you talk to us about when you say you're giving the theme for the week, can you talk about some of the previous themes that perhaps not this week because it's obviously relevant to trying to beat Sale on Friday night, but give us a, a theme that's gone on that's perhaps a, a bit of a wacky idea that he's, he's pulled out this season? Uh, it's normally to do with the opposition teams. So, uh, you know, say like Wasps, they'll be like protect the skin or something like that. And ah. I think in the weeks, kind of around protecting the skin and just, just like that. So don't get bitten by sharks this weekend. Oh, water. of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the shark tank, stay out of it. <laughs> Mate, let's get down to a bit of business, all right? And we're very conscious about doing this because we know that Eddie Jones is an avid listener of the podcast and a lot of the things that we say, he generally goes against the grain. Have you heard anything at all? Like, I mean, look, speaking frankly... There's not, not not the fact that you're not a good hooker, but there ain't a load of great hookers out there in England at the minute. If there's any position where they are struggling a bit of strength and depth, any conversations whatsoever? I have not had any conversations, no. Fuck, well, mate, well, <laughs> I don't know whether this will help. Uh, but what's the ambition? I mean, mate, surely Pat Lamb said, like, you know, he's he said that he's compared you to Dane Coles, Cody Taylor, and, you know, the, these are world-class hookers. I mean, is there, have the club heard anything? I mean, I mean, obviously you want to play for England, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, growing up, it's, it's always been dream on to play for England. But, um, you know, I, I couldn't tell you if the club's heard anything. Um, you'll have to speak to Pat on that one. But, uh, mate, I heard if you shave your head and you sh- shave that lock of hair off, mate, he's going to pick you, mate. So you shave it off for the weekend. Sh- shave your head, shave your bush, put your shoes on your feet and off you go. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, <laughs> he knows it's coming. Harry, thanks very much for coming on the show, mate. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers mate. Thanks for coming on, mate. Good man. Bloody good player. Yeah. Um, uh, again, it's a sign of what 
uh, has happened at Leicester. Um, he was phenomenal for Leicester at times, but they were just like, he's too small. Yeah. I mean, he, what, mate, what he's, he's around the park. He's been, he's been what, cracking. What, what Leicester Hook is doing that around the park. I know Tom Young's puts a lot in, but he's injured at the minute. How Leicester let him go. A Leicester lad through and through. Um, yeah, that's what his it is. His brother plays credit, there. His yeah. dad. I, I'm not going to keep bagging Leicester. No, I'm going to take the positives. To, yeah, credit yeah. to Bristol. Pat Lamb is obviously creating something down there. They all enjoy it. They all love it. And, you know, Harry Thacker's given Elisa life a load of confidence, a load of game time. And guess what happens? I'm going to call it. I think he'll play for England next year. World Cup might come a bit too short. Who are they going to pick at the World Cup anyway? Hooker. Jamie George. Yeah, Dylan Hartley will be in the squad. Do and you then, Yeah, he'll have no, to I don't pick know. Because of our lack of leadership. I don't know. I don't, because I don't of our know. lack of leadership. He'll be in the squad. No, I don't know if he'll be fit. That's well, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I understand that. But then who have you got? If he is fit, he's on the plane purely because you've seen the capitulation over the last few games. But then who have you got? Who else? You've got Cowan Dickey. Of course. Singleton Sorry, going back him. to Saracens. Mate, Singleton... For me, Thacker's the one. I watched Singleton, yeah. good player, going to Sar- Saracens. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe we haven't spoken about Thacker enough. There we go, anyway. Speaking of Leicester, Goody caught up with their CEO, Simon Cohen, last week for our subscription service at patreon.com. So we thought we'd play you a quick clip from that now. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. So Leicester have had four head coaches or directors of rugby in the past two and a half years, and they've had the same boss for almost a decade prior to that in Richard Cockerell. Why do you think there's been so much instability there in terms of the changes with Aaron Major and then Matt O'Connor uh, and obviously Jordan now? I think the end of an era stuff is really difficult. As you know, my favourite football team is Manchester United and they've struggled desperately uh, to replace Alex Ferguson. Cockers was, uh, and you'll know better than I, pretty much a legend in terms of the way he ran things. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was his way. He put his mark on absolutely every bit of the organisation, the culture, the, not so much the DNA, but the culture, the organisation, the people. He he stamped his, his authority on that, which made us very successful. When somebody else comes in, when that stops working and you need to bring somebody else in, then it's really difficult because you've got to change the whole process. If I was to be honest about it, I think... I look back and I think in 2010, roughly, we were pretty good. And I look back at the staff who were involved and Cockers, for me, was a world-class forwards coach. Matt O'Connor was an outstanding backs coach. I was doing the contracts and I was pretty experienced at that. Dusty was doing the scouting in England. Jed was doing the scouting in France. And you look at some of those French players that he brought through from nowhere. Julian Dupuis, third choice, Grimard for Biritz. Kay's a third choice hooker, both departed as internationals. Nicky Gonover from Pro Deux. We were very good and very experienced in, in every aspect of it. And then lots of things happened at once in that Matt went to Leinster. I went over to, to Welford Road. Cockers became DOR and because he had those duties, he brought in Richard Blaze. Uh, obviously then Berkey became the backs coach. So Looking back on it, we probably had an inexperienced DOR because Cockers hadn't done that before he'd been head coach. We had an inexperienced forwards coach. We had an inexperienced backs coach. And, you know, that suddenly there's not quite enough experience to 
to, to make it work. And I think it took two or three years for that to show through. And I think the problem is, it'll be the other way as well. We'll get everything right. We'll make changes. It will be all right. But it will take a couple of years for all that to come through. You look at the work Jed's done with the Academy because we were concerned that the Academy wasn't producing the same number of good Leicester players. Well, he started that project three, four years ago. You can see those really good players coming through. But you know it's going to be another couple of years at least before those players start having a significant impact on on the first team although you know some of them are now starting to you look at Joe Hayes you look at the two nines Harry Simmons Ben White you look at Jordan Alafia who was outstanding in the World Cup so those players are starting to come to come through now and, and they're already making impact so I think once you get significant change from a man who has stamped his authority over every aspect of the operation, then it becomes really hard because you've not got one hole to plug, that bloke. You've actually got quite a few things, pieces of the jigsaw that you've got to fit together. And I think the it's not only people, it's the dynamics between those people. So, for instance, um, I was very keen on bringing uh, Aaron Major in because I thought the, the balance between Aaron and, and Cockers would be absolutely perfect. One was a bit old school, one was very new school, one was sort of quite harsh on players, one was very nice to players, one wanted to play. Look, Cockers wants to play, to be fair, but he wants to play in the right parts of the field, whereas Mage would, wants to, wanted to play a lot more. And you'd have thought that was the perfect balance, but what you actually got was two opposites who couldn't come together so you just got conflict all the time Mm. in in everything that you're doing culture environment on the field you just got opposites and and it didn't work out but I don't think you could have I don't think there was any way you could have known that beforehand because they got on really well as people there was no animosity so just don't think you know and you look at the Saracens coaching team where not Many of them had done an awful lot coaching wise beforehand but they've just come together as a team of people who like each other, trust each other, and they've built up that experience. And and so the dynamics of that are really difficult. And then I think the rugby group's view on see, for me, Mage was never Mage was never head coach. Everybody says, well, he's one of the ones that went and they count him as one of the four. And I never saw that. I never saw it like that. Mage was given an interim job and if he'd have got it, he'd have stayed. But once the board decided to appoint Matt who is effectively the same person in terms of coaching what he coached an attack backs coach there was obviously no place for Mage it was a bit like Oli Solskjaer if he hadn't got the job and gone back to Mould everybody would have nobody would have blinked a lot nobody would have said oh that's another manager that United has sacked and so I didn't see that in that way. And then obviously the decision was made to bring in Matt, which I understood it's not one I would have gone for, but I do understand the reasons for it. The reasons were that it was a really good squad. He knew the premiership. He knew a lot of the players. And the best chance of winning it that year was was to bring Matt in. And I think the fact that he went in, he went to within 60 seconds of winning an away semi-final at some club down the road that wasps you might that know. Was, yeah, wasps that was yeah wasps yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that I seem to remember Jimmy Gupperth illegally handling the ball right at the end which whoa sort of, oh, which, I don't know I can't remember let's move on let's move <laughs> on yeah I mean that was a semi-final that perhaps in reality Leicester should have won and it's amazing in sport when you look at that that how close that was so then you look further down the line the next season um, and things started to go wrong for Matt O'Connor if you enjoyed that, just head to patreon.com forward slash the pod and sign up to hear the full episode and access loads of other great content, all for just a few quid a month. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod.
I've kind of worked something out of my head a little bit through Go the on. guidance of a mate of mine. Name the mate. Larry. Larry? Yeah, and he made a very, very valid point. So you look at Leicester, everyone talks about the recruitment. Look at the recruitment of the coaches that they've, they've brought in. So they've had Major, who's a back. They've had Matty O'Connor. Was he a back? He looked like a prop, but was he? Was he, is he yeah, he's, so he's a back. Obviously, Jordan Murphy. Now they've brought in Mike Ford, and now they've brought in Pat Howard. Where is the forward-orientated influence in that group? Hell of a point. When you actually look at it, and you think of Leicester of old, which everyone keeps talking about, where are Leicester lacking? They're lacking up front. That's like We know that. You look at their back line, they've got a back line that can compete with anyone on any given day. You, unfortunately, you look at the Leicester forwards, they haven't. And I think a lot of that is to do with the players that they've brought in because the coaches that they've had and the players that they want. What's Johnny May? effect is he going to have week in week out on a Leicester team like that mm. he's, a, he's a quality player we know that I mean bong, bong, look at him for England and he's played well he has played well he's, for Leicester he's played brilliant but that isn't what they need it's been for one of them it's been a shit show at Leicester for, for a few years now in terms of off the field stuff and that may sound harsh but it's the truth you know if I was fantasy manager and you could do this two players I'd get right now Big Willie Little Willie Skelton I'd go all out to get him and Mark Wilson now that Newcastle are going to get relegated they're two players that I'd go for straight away, all out. I know I don't know whether Big Willie, Little Willie, Scouting's available. I'm not too sure, but you look at that team, what they could do with. That's what they could do with them too. On a more positive note, I'll go to Bristol though. And what I like about Bristol's Goody is that Pat Lamb has got the balls, the Kahuna's, to say, "Mate, we're top six. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he says that before the game. We're thinking, "All right, mate, you've avoided relegation. They had a great start to the season. Fucking it, mate." They, they can make top six. Well, look at their last two games now. Sale at home on a Friday night at Ashton Gate. Yeah. And, you know, teams have found it very hard to go to Ashton Gate and win this year, apart from Wasps. But their last game, Newcastle away, they could be relegated by then. So, well, they probably will be relegated. Do you, do you think them. Bristol make top six? They can't, they've got the easiest running out of all yeah. the teams, I'd say. But it's like anything. This premiership this year, you cannot predict, apart from Saracens and Exeter being the top two teams, you cannot predict... Some, a lot of the games. Who, uh, tell us, gone then. Who do you reckon top four? Well, we know top. We, we know three. Top four. I'm going to say Northampton are going to make it because their last two games they've got. Whoa! Northampton have got <laughs> Northampton have got Worcester at home this weekend, but then they go away to Exeter. I think as the last game of the season. I think Exeter will go full noise this week, and then they'll rest against Northampton. It's hard to call in there. Any, you know, you can make an argument for Quinns finishing the top four. They've got Leicester at home, and then Wasps away. You can make an argument for Northampton. Is there anyone else, do you reckon, that can make is, is Wasp, it? Wasp could still sneak that's what, that's into crazy. the top and four. Bath. And Bath could still sneak into the top well, four. I can't Bath have this. got Wasp at home and Leicester away. This is ridiculous. It's, it's mad. This just is all out ruggers. I love ruggers. Sail. I've got Bristol away. Sail away, sail away, sail away. It's if all out then. Like if, you're in the, if you're in the sail squad, you're going, actually, I fancy just beating Bristol yeah. away. And then you've got Gloucester at home. Yeah. Last season. So who knows? Uh, I'm going to stick with Northampton being the fourth team, though. And Wasps. I mean, how funny is that? How funny, Wasps. Hey, die young. I just hope they put out the best team. I hope they go come here full noise. Oh, my God. They've gone full noise, and we've been absolutely hosed. Mate, honestly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, uh, it's the quite Andy, funny, actually. The Andy Good suite was ran packed, 500 people in the corporate, so I was happy. No, I mean, What did you say before? So you've seen that team sheet. 
You've heard Die Young say before, I hope Sarri's go full noise. They've gone full noise. Big Willie, Little Willie's playing. Uh, obviously, Mako's been rested. And then what What are you thinking when you're... How are you selling that to the corporates at Wasco? Well, I, I, I said, mate, you, you've got your money's worth today because you've seen all their best team come up here. You could be watching the Shags, the likes of Jim Hamilton playing and stuff like that when he was there. Um, no, I interviewed Joe Launchbury. How was he, by the way? On stage. He was nearly fit and I was like, wise. Really? Wise. Nearly fit. Yeah. You don't want Big Willie, Little Willie running at you, do you? Um, when you're not, not quite fit. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I asked the question, you know, when Di said it, did you actually think, Di, why have you said that? Because if you ask, you get. And listen, we got bullied, you know. People talk about the battle between Nathan Hughes at number eight and Billy Vanapola. There's um, never been a battle there. Nathan Hughes, non-existent in the game. You know, we were soft. You know, Sarri's got themselves ahead. You know, Ben Spencer again, brilliant performance. Um, you know, even if Richard Wigglesworth was fit, they'd start Ben Spencer now. I think he might start the final. You know, he obviously picked off a, an intercept and then, you know, he went... Big Willie, Little Willie's roaming through from about 40 out. It's Saracen's day. And Wasps, you know, they weren't, physically weren't the races. And that's the frustrating thing for Die. You look at how much they put into that extra game. Defensively, they were huge at times. It's the best defensive performance I've seen by Wasps in that second half for God knows how long. And then against, it was like a team run for Saracens at times, wasn't it? Just a comfortable day at the office. The big question is, was the... Kovsky and dressed up as a Munster fan wearing slippers. Was he seen around the stadium? I didn't again? see him. I went looking. Didn't see him. Nowhere to be seen. Didn't see. I think he's banned from the stadium. Oh, is he? Um, but yeah, yeah. It was, was Billy it, getting booed? It was disappointing. I think there was a couple of boos, but it, it wasn't. It was kind of interesting because I think they might have changed their tactics a little bit. And he wasn't at the back as much, carrying balls back, which is you, know, you, you kick and then the. Alex Gu takes it, feeds it to Billy Vanapola. And there's distance for booing. Exactly. I, there wasn't a lot of that, to be fair. Um, there, were, there, were, there were a few jovial boos, and Joe Marlon described the difference the other week on the pod. Um, a boo or a fucking boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Saracens were very dominant. Uh, I can't see anyone beating them in the Premiership. Well, Exeter don't look very good at the minute, do they? Exactly. I've got, got to say it, they don't look very good at the minute. Uh, and it's just uh, for Saracens, it's just how they manage the next three, four, five weeks. That you know they've where they are now, they couldn't have achieved any more in terms of being in a European final. They've made that goal, then they've got to go on and win it. They've got a home semi final in the Gallagher Premiership. They're in a great place. Primed, I can't wait. Well, Jim, you were pretty happy before with uh, Quinn's now falling outside of the top four for the first time since the end of December after their defeat to Exeter. I'm not happy. By other teams' demises. You are. You said you hate Quins. You don't want them to finish in the top four. I don't hate Quins. I have... You despise them. No, they dislike me. No, I like Joe now. It's quite funny, actually. It's quite funny at the weekend. See him shouting at the game. You're fucking boring You're fucking boring me, mate. You're fucking boring. Mate, I didn't think you were allowed to swear. I thought that that is dissent on a rugby pitch. He should have been yellow carded. I see what you're doing now. You're trying to get him retrospectively cited. He should have been yellow carded for swearing. I don't want to hear that. fucking boring. It's a fucking family game. Um, (laughs) It was was funny though, wasn't it? It If he hadn't said fucking. He's lying though. In my opinion, he's lying. That is a thing of beauty. What, a box kick? The centipede breakdown of length and girth followed by a kick. I absolutely love it. Why is it boring? Don't get frustrated, mate. Just because... You don't want to run back and chase a kick. It's a oh, thing I, of beauty. I to, I, to be fair, I used to love the old pause between making the long breakdown. But oh, yeah, yeah. Quinn, so, I mean, extra again against Wasps. They started off, they went into a decent lead uh, and then Wasps came back at them. Same with Harlequins. I watched that. They scored a, a try after about 80 seconds. I think there were two or three tries down Harlequins after 20 minutes or so, shall we say. And I, I arrived at the Rico Arena to see Exeter 17-0 up. 
I'm like, well, it's going to be an absolute hosing, isn't it? I nearly, and this is the thing, always think about this. I nearly tweeted, Joe Marler, keep it under 50. Um, and then that would have come back to bite me in the bottom because they came back really well, Quinns. And um, on another day, you feel for Marcus Smith a little bit because he had a, a kickable penalty. How young does he look? By Everyone, he looks about 50. I mean, when, when Steve Diamond's saying no pubes, <laughs> there you go. Um, Is that what he said? Steve Diamond did an interview, a mid-game interview, talking about what's going on in the game. He said, my bench haven't even got a pubic hair between them or something like that. Mate, they might have alopecia though, so that's why been horrible. I think he insists on manscaping. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, Marcus Smith, you look at the penalty that he missed to, with about four minutes to go, the average rugby fan or a rugby fan will go, oh, I should have slotted that easy kick. The wind at Exeter is brutal. Um, so they were very unfortunate. They played well in the second half. They had all the um, dominance and the momentum. Um, unfortunately, couldn't quite get over the line and uh, Exeter got the victory by hook or by crook. Should we have a look at the rumour mill? Oh, there's a few rumours actually, Andy Rowe. Actually, I, my source told me a very good rumour that I think Ruby Pass published. Who's your about, source? About, I can't I ain't going to tell you the source, am I? What would your source be? If you were to pick a sauce to go on a burger, would it be ketchup? Would it be barbecue? Would it be brown sauce? I'm more now into this uh, this chipotle chipotle one or whatever. Chipotle, it is. <laughs> chipotle. <laughs> chipotle. Okay, that one's I like in that one at the minute. Bless him. It's cute, isn't he? Well, sorry, I don't know me bloody burger sauces or whatever it is. Okay, so, so you'd put the chipotle on the uh, on your doner kebab? Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't eat doner kebabs. You said everything's a doner earlier. Did I really say that? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Um, rumor mill, rumor mill. Yeah. So basically, right, Ruby Pass they released something on Sunny Bill going to the Catalan Dragons. And for the millions of listeners out there, the Catalan Dragons are a French team uh, that play whereabouts in France? Per- Perpignan way. Yep. Yeah, rugby league down there. So um, imagine that. Post he like, Cup. Yeah, he likes it down there, though, doesn't yeah. he? What else we got? London Irish are making a few signings. They're going to have to. Who did I see that London Irish are signing? Kepu. Yeah, Sokopi Kepu to London Irish. Is that the one you're thinking yeah. about? Okay. Yeah, they are splashing the cash. They but can make you got to. You, you see what Bristol's have done this year. For me, I can't see what, how Worcester are going to stay up next year. I think Irish going straight back down. Really? Mm. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so London Irish made a few good signings uh, with him. Who else have they got? Uh, Brad Davis to join London Irish I as well. I heard that. That's a weird one, eh? Why is it weird? Well, uh, let I me thought... tell you something about Brad Davis. He's up there, if not the best defensive coach one of the best defensive coaches I've ever had in my career. Well, that's why I'm saying it. Why is it weird then? Well, because I... I suppose he's got knee cash. Yeah, I thought Leicester would have gone all out to get him. I know they've obviously signed Phil Blake. They could have got him earlier in the season. They had the opportunity to get Brad Davis. They chose not oh, to go okay, down that well, route. there you go. Well, that's what I mean. And not, I don't think it was a money decision. I think it was purely a fact of, again, they wanted to go back to what they know, where they've made mistakes before, to get Phil Blake back because he'd been there previously. Um, and they gambled on Phil Blake again. Oh, you're horrible. You're horrible. Horrible. Oh. But yeah, again, again, it's a, you know, I'm nothing against Phil Blake, but Leicester keep going back to things that they think they know when perhaps people have moved on. And I can't speak hard enough for Brad Davis. So if he does go and join London Irish, uh, they've got a brilliant coach there. And then talking to defence coaches, last one, we have to talk about it because Sean Edwards, talk of him. Imagine him going to France. It'd be hilarious, <laughs> wouldn't it? Can you imagine some of those French boys trying to listen to Sean? Imagine him screaming at them to get up off the floor. And then waiting for a translator to say, uh, he wants uh, you to get off the floor and work harder. Uh, fuck off the coffee and the croissant. And by the time he's done that, Sean Edwards is probably running the pitch and dragged them by the collar, throwing them through the advertising board and then walked off in his full Welsh tracksuit. <laughs> 
<laughs> what, a, what a legend that player is. Can you is. imagine that? Can I'd love to see him that? there. It'd be brilliant. I'd love to see him there. Any other rumours, boys? Interesting. Oh, well, maybe on. not Maybe not interesting. My favourite player, would love to see him at Leicester. Mark Wilson. Wasps. Signed, sealed, delivered. Will Barrow. Rumours, Goody, can you... Do you know no, anything? No comment. I don't know anything. He's going on loan, apparently, though, he, as opposed he, to yeah. signing. He's very loyal to that club. He is a northern lad through and through. He'll want to... His, his rise into the England team this season has been phenomenal and fully deserved. I think he'll only want to go on loan. Um, so we'll see where he ends up. Um, he'll want to go back to Newcastle when they do get promoted back into the Premiership, which by then will probably be ring-fenced, but that's for another day to argue about. Well, do you want to finish things off with the good, the bad, and the ugly goody? Yes, let's. Plenty of good again this weekend. Um, we'll start off with Saracens, both the men, but more importantly, the women, uh, winning the Premier 15s title for a second straight season. What else was good over the weekend? The old mate of the show, Darren Cave, in his 227th appearance, uh, literally captain the Shags this week, led them out to a win over Leinster. That was pretty big. Northampton Saints. Their victory up at Newcastle. Tom Collins' is hat-trick uh, in the first half. They're now in the top four, in control of their own destiny, hitting their straps at the right time. They were pretty good. Bristol's uh, beating Leicester at Welford Road for the first time in 17 years. Top six contention now with a home game coming up against Sale this Friday. And then Newcastle away, last game of the season. Do not rule them out at all. What else was good? Steve Diamond's quote during his mid-game interview on BT Sport, where he said some of his bench... Don't even have pubic hair. Still trying to work out whether he insists on manscaping, which obviously uh, we, we insist on here on the rugby pod. I love Steve Diamond. I He's wish I would have played bloke. for him. He's a brilliant bloke. Uh, what else is good? Let's go to Glasgow. Eight wins on the spin um, and a home semi-final spot. Massive victory for them over Edinburgh. Uh, Worcester Warriors beat High Flyers Gloucester at home 27-20 to ensure their premiership survival. Uh, what else was good? What? We'll go to Wasps. Oh, of course. No doubt. Wasps Corporate Hospitality. 500 people in the Andy Good Suite this weekend. They've been nominated for the Best Away Directors Experience by Premiership Clubs Directors. Basically, the pre-match there is unbelievable. The Q&As are out of this world. I went there, mate. So the good, they're part of the good this week. Uh, really? Are you giving yourself the good? I'm not giving myself the good, no. I'm just saying Wasps are mentioned in it for their corporate hospitality. It's the best in the league, without a shadow of a doubt. But the good this week is only going to one place. We're going over to Italy, to Benetton, uh, the first Italian team to qualify for the playoffs in the Guinness Pro 14. They've also qualified by right for the Champions Cup next season. A phenomenal achievement for everyone there. They have been involved in a bit of the bad over time, so it gives me great pleasure in giving Benetton the good this week. That is very good. I'm with you. We're agreeing on a couple of the goods. The bad. Um... We'll have to go with Sale versus Bath, one of the worst games ever. It was that bad I turned it off. It was pretty poor. Um, I've actually played in a worse game than that. I played in a three-all classic against Sale on a Friday night up at Edgeley Park, and I pulled my hamstring. Waddling Did you after, carry on? Waddling after a kick. No, it was fucking freezing. I just walked straight <laughs> off. Um, so yeah, Sale, Bath on Friday night, 6-3, horrific game. Imagine the strain on your body going into games. Like, So you say you pulled a hamstring. Like, for me, that... like. It would not be a surprise if you pulled a hamstring. 500 professional games, mate. You do the maths. Well, My body was fine. <laughs> yeah, how? But I don't know. You are. Miracles. You're, you're a phenomenon. Miracles. You really are. Um, what else was bad? Well, only other bad thing really is Newcastle. Well, not mathematically down. Uh, they're as good as relegated now after losing at home against the Saints. Expected more from them, especially some of the senior players. Uh, expected some bite, some desire to, to win a game that they had to win to keep themselves in contention of not getting relegated. Unfortunately, they didn't, so they get the bad this week. The ugly, not much ugly around the Premiership 
this weekend. I've seen something ugly in the Premiership. Are you going to say it? Only one thing that was ugly that sprang to mind was Ellis Genji's hair. Oh my. Ear, ear. I mean, dyeing your hair ginger, the old ginger mop on top. I don't even know what it is. I've, I need to see it live. I've only seen a picture. I, I need to see it like as in face to face because I'm just not too sure I'm whether not, it's the light or the grading or something because... I wouldn't tell him face to face. I'd, I'd probably say it's a top lid to be honest but the ugly this week goes to Ellis Genji's hair. Yes, correct, Amundo. Thanks, Goody, and you've uh, got a quick shout-out to finish off with, haven't you? Yeah, I certainly have. It's uh, our old friend, my old friend, Wayne Barnes, the only referee to ever give me a red card. Uh, He's got his charity game this Sunday, the 5th of May, uh, down at Lydney RFC in aid of breast cancer now. Uh, And Barnsley's 15 are taking on the Forest of Dean combination 15, and they're being coached by a certain Eddie Jones, so they'll probably win the first half and then get humped in the second half. Um, So anyway, get get yourself down to Lydney RFC if you fancy watching that. Wayne Barnes is playing you can hammer him you can run on the field and tackle him whatever you want to do to Wayne Barnes he will get himself involved raising money for an amazing cause tickets are only six pounds on the gate it's normally an amazing weekend down there mate in... why have I not been invited to play we have oh have we yeah so why am I not playing well I don't know why you're not I'm commentating on Sunday for Sky so I can't be down there but you, oh, said, you said you couldn't be bothered <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway get yourself down to Lydney Rugby Club uh, support Barnsley uh, who is supporting breast cancer now and tell Eddie Jones to pick Cipriani if you're down there. And Jim, you've got a shout out as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've got one shout out as well to the Barker Bus under 15 girls. Barkers. Yep, so they've got a final this weekend in the Nationals. Yep, so we'll give you a shout out to them. Barker Butts, our old club, lads doing good things down there with the girls and everyone else. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.